This is the Mason Vera Pain Show, your go-to lifestyle program, covering everything from technology and gaming to movies, TV shows, and pop culture to the supernatural and beyond. Brought to you from Chicago, USA, with your host, the unabridged millennial, Mason Vera Payne. There are tons of issues that concerns voters when it comes to the 2020 election. Associate Professor of Political Science and Chair at Clayton State University, Dr. Joshua Madaw, explains why certain issues matter to voters. Thanks for joining me, Joshua. Thanks for having me. When it comes to presidential cycles, are voters always looking for the same thing? Not always. Um, Each year, each presidential cycle, each four years, there's always something different, but there is a lot of consistency from election to election, specifically in the presidential elections. And that is always the economy. The economy is always number one. That is something that we actually use in political science to help predict presidential vote share, taxes, jobs, how people feel, kind of, and then the general role of the government. That stays pretty consistent from general election to general election. Do you know what the top issues offhand, if you would even do, uh, what the top issues were for 2016 presidential cycle? Right, I do. So according to Pew, who we like to use a lot of Pew Research, uh, number one, of course, the economy. Voters say the economy is always the thing that they're most worried about, and they want to know how it's going to affect them. Healthcare, the Supreme Court, specifically Supreme Court nominations, um, were was part of the 2016 election. But uh, immigration and healthcare, very important. Now, this year, and it wasn't done by Pew, it was actually done by um, SEMrush, And they check what people are searching for online. And they found that what people in the United States were searching for since January was COVID-19 was number one. Number two was unemployment, which searches increased 1000 percent since uh, 2019 during the same time. Three was Social Security. Four was jobs. And uh, five was immigration. Now, the crazy part is, is that usually the hot topic, topic buttons we see are, you know, climate change, abortion, environment. Those were all at the bottom, uh, you know, 10 to 12. It makes you wonder, were they ever really important? Interesting. That's an interesting observation. Uh, when we step back a little bit, of course, coronavirus is going to be the number one thing searched for. We as a society, uh, as people, we haven't seen this before. There are some very few citizens who have lived through the last pandemic, usually because they were just born right around the time and they've had very long, healthy lives that they're still with us. Um, but for the majority of us, most of us, we haven't seen anything like this. So we're confused. We've never had a situation where we had a government shutdown of businesses, quarantine. People don't know how to react and they're looking for leadership So uh, and how to move during a pandemic. So, of course, they're going to be searching a lot for this. And that is going to push down some of the more salient issues that we see from election to election, like abortion and health care and the environment specifically. And, but, but the most noticeable thing, of course, you said was this started right around January, and that's when people really started taking notice to what the coronavirus was. Um, abortion was always going to be, and it's always a salient issue. Specifically, it's how voters hide their preferences on the abortion topic. One of the biggest issues from Pew that voters are looking for in this election is actually the Supreme Court nominations again, and that is a direct link to abortion. Individuals and voters are nervous um, on one side of the aisle uh, or the other about how uh, a passing of a Supreme Court justice could affect the ruling on Roe v. Wade. So that is actually, it is really still a very salient issue, abortion. It's just being hidden in preferences and specifically how people are talking about it. 
the buzz you need to be working looking for there is Supreme Court nominations, not just specifically the term abortion. Now, um, the environment, let's put a pin on the environment for a week or two. I'm assuming we're going to start seeing a lot more on the environment, considering all the wildfires and the devastation that's going on in the West, and specifically in San Francisco. Today alone, we're hearing reports of this kind of this apocalyptic scene in the West due to all these wildfires. And then like Denver got lucky that some of their fires were put out, and then Colorado specifically because of a freak snowstorm. So climate change is very real. I think as the fires get more attention and what's going on in the West, there might be a bigger uptick in people like kind of searching for topics on the environment. But of course, to get back to the main point, the coronavirus is going to dominate as well as the economy because those are the two most prevalent things on every voter's mind. Now, can a candidate support a non-popular issue like, you know, um, well, it's still popular and still relevant, but, you know, it's not on the top 10 of things that people are really touching on. But let's say animal testing. If a candidate throws in like, hey, animal testing should be more regulated and needs to be taken out altogether. Can they still make traction in their presidential election? Absolutely. We see this happen from time to time. Campaign managers are savvy. They know what the top kind of issues are, and they coach these candidates on what they really need to be focusing for. But as a former like, one of our like founding fathers and would talk about, like, and one of our most prominent like political like presidents and uh, Abraham Lincoln. Some issues are just going to be really important to a candidate. And regardless of what they're told they should or should not say on it, they're going to talk about it. So if a candidate wants to pick something, let's say like animal testing, which is very important to them, they're going to talk about it. And if they're an impassioned speaker and it comes off genuine that this is something that matters to the candidate, absolutely, it can ground gain some traction. Will it be at the forefront? No. Um, but it will be part of their talking points. And it will be part of their agenda. Will anything compliment? Who knows? But it will be something that they're associated with. So, yeah, they can absolutely do that. Now, if the topic and the issue is way out of line with the mainstream, like way problematic, um, something that people don't even know about, maybe way out of date or considered radical on the, either the left or the right, then we could run into some issues. But that's where the campaign manager is going to step in and not going to let that happen. But but for all intents and purposes, yes, they can they can talk about something that's near and dear to their heart and still get a little traction on it. Now, one of the things as a voter, you end up seeing presidential campaigns be more transparent. You know they have a team of marketers, they have campaign managers, they have, you know, people to make them look good. How how do you know when you're being pandered to at this point? It kind of feels like <laughs> they could do anything and say anything and make you feel good. That's a good question. Part of that question is going to rise out of, as voters in the millennial age group and Gen X, we have been raised to be a little bit more skeptical of what's being said to us. So we force the issue of transparency, right? We want to know what's going on. We want to see what's behind the scenes. We like it. That's why, I mean, let's be honest, that's why there's TV shows like where you'll have like something like Game of Thrones or The Walking Dead or something of that nature, and then there'll be an hour-long show after it, breaking down the episode and talking about the facts and the actors and how they play things behind it, because we are so interested in knowing the the process behind it. And because we're so in tune as voters um, and these kind of younger age groups, we are also very savvy and know how that relates to with politics. So we want to know the process. I call it the BS meter. 
you know when you're when someone's BSing. You can you can feel it. You know if you're being pandered to, and it comes off disingenuous. And it sometimes it's real funny to watch when a candidate kind of picks up an issue. And um, this could be at the presidential stage, national, federal, local, wherever it is. And you know it just has nothing to relate with them because they stumble through comments. They might make a comment um, that seems like they're relevant to the situation. Mitt Romney in 2012 had an issue with this when he was trying to reference um, like urban voters and he referenced um, the Baja men. So like I, it showed very, very real that he had no idea what he was talking about, which is it, we have it all the time. These are gaps. Those gaps are very real. We had it with Dukakis when he tried to ride a tank and then he looked like a, a bobblehead doll. It looked awful. You can kind of feel it when you're being pandered to. And, and, and I tell my students all the time specifically, if it doesn't feel right, then it probably isn't right. I don't lie to my students. I tell them the truth about things all the time. There's, I'm not particularly old, but there are things I just have no idea what's going on. They'll ask me if I heard this latest song or if I watched this TV show, and I'm sitting there going like, no, and I'm never going to. Because uh, I could try to lie to them and tell them, yeah, but they're going to know right away that I have no idea what they're talking about. That I tell them that, trust that intuition and that feeling. If it feels wrong, if it feels like you're being lied to or pandered to, you probably are. So trust your instincts. And that brings me to polls. I guess okay. my BS meter kind of goes off every time with polls because I, I don't I just don't trust them. Today it's you know, it's one thing, tomorrow it's another. They take a small sample from a rich area and they don't really take it from a more diverse area. I don't know. I don't I don't trust polls anymore. And I really am curious what do you feel about polls? Do they really show what the American people are concerned about? And I'm going to stump for polls here specifically legitimate polls, what what we're seeing wrong here is people put up small polls, like you mentioned, they might be on like TV where you ask people what they're feeling and they ask about seven people and say it's representative of an entire population. You can, those, those aren't legitimate. Those aren't science-based polling. What you want to really do, if you really want to trust, you got to go to Pew. Uh, if you're a more right-leaning Rasmussen, I'm a big fan of the polls coming out of the Public Policy Institute, uh, UMass Amherst. Those are very strong. They are accurate, nonpartisan measure with multiple checks on accuracy, What, how people are voting, saying how they're going to vote, and, of course, trusting the American National Election Survey. This is all scientific polling. This is stuff you can trust. The big dogs like Nate Silver at 538, those are legit sources. You, you, you want to trust those. You want to go to those, and you want to... We kind of close your ears to the noise, the stuff that you know isn't going to be right. Like if you go on um, Facebook or any kind of social media right now, there are campaigns being done by political action groups that say, like, help us raise money because this latest poll out of this place of this state says this one candidate is only ahead by one or two points or is losing by this. It, that's just advertising. They're using terms that aren't right. Because when if you go to legitimate sources, again, go to Pew or go to 538, or go to real clear politics that does national like, that does an election like average of all different polls. You're going to get accurate vote share representation, and that's the other thing we need to tell people about. Polls are looking for vote share, not the electoral college. They're predicting how many percentage of people are going to vote for one way or the other. It's the popular vote, and we know the popular vote always doesn't reflect the electoral college. So you can trust polls. You just got to look at the, where the sources where they're coming from. Fair enough. What issues do you think could swing this particular election? So the thing with elections, we have to always remember they are predictable. So what we know is we have a number of political scientists who do vote share models and predict the election's outcome, meaning 
how what percentage of uh, votes are going to go to which candidate. And they do these in September, and they're pretty accurate. They get it right in September. So it kind of limits how much issue voting matters because we know there are some certain things that really lead to how it's going to be decided. That is, partisanship and the economy and presidential approval numbers are so huge in September um, on predicting outcomes. But there are sometimes an issue can really get people charged up and get people to go to the polls for one candidate over the other. I would say the handling of the coronavirus facing based on what you are seeing from what's being searched online and, of course, the economy. Right now, the economy seems to have bounced back a bit. But if you've been watching um, the news recently or reading up, if we follow the stock market, the S&P has been just thinking a little bit because tech companies, there's a worry that the tech companies, which are usually a safe bet for the market, they might be getting weaker. Uh, there's an issue with how much are they going to be able to like, survive globally based on the pandemic. So there's a little, there's a scare in the market. So that always matters. When, when it gets that close, it, and it sounds cliche, but it's really true, it's really the economy. You know, it was said in the 90s, it's the economy stupid, and it really is. People want to know if they're going to have money in their pocket, if they're going to have a job, if they're going to feel financially safe. So I would say that will be a big one in, in how the coronavirus is really affecting the economy at the, at the time. Well, Joshua, thank you so much for joining me. And for those listening, where can they find more information about you? You can go to the clayton.edu website and look up under faculty profiles. My name is Dr. Joshua Medaw. I am the chair of the Department of Social Sciences. I'm the only one with that last name. You can click on me and there's my my headshot and my bio will be there. Uh, My most recent research on Confederate monuments and political memes and things of that nature, as well as some of my service activities for the university. This has been the Mason Vera Payne Show. Thanks for listening. Can't wait to hear more? Head to WGNRadio.com for exclusive content by Mason. Also, follow Mason on Facebook and Twitter at Mason Vera Payne. That's all one word. And don't forget to share the show with your friends.